prayer tonight. And from there, uh, we will move into uh, the youth room for the men and the ladies in here. And also, we want to remember that this week is going to be our uh, Easter program. Uh, we no longer need candy or eggs. We have enough. Uh, and we also have our extravaganza on Saturday. So we're praying uh, that the Lord would touch that time. It's going to be between 1 and 3 on Saturday. And also invite folks out to the extravaganza and the Easter program uh, for this weekend. And we're going to let the Lord handle the rain. He did it for our previous services. So we'll just leave that in his hands. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you know the prayers that have gone out, oh God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your anointing power, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for spiritual recovery, oh God. Lord, we thank you for unity. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for angels being dispatched, oh God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your anointing power, oh God. Hallelujah.
Jesus died on the cross, right, for our sins. But a lot of times we don't talk about the historical relevance of that. So with that, historically, whenever there were sins that were committed in the Old Testament, your sins didn't get automatically forgiven. You had to present a blood sacrifice, which was some kind of animal, often lambs, um, and those blood sacrifices were what rolled back your sins, but your sins didn't get forgiven. They just got, like, rolled back, you know? So, I feel like I'm in a weird spot. It keeps, like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, so, with that, um, there is a scripture um, Hebrews 9.22, it says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so that is why, historically, there had to be blood shed for the sins, but the sins didn't get forgiven because it was animal sacrifices. Um, and then if you guys, I'm not going to read the whole whole 10 verses, but in Hebrews 10, 1 through 10, it talks about that. It talks about how they had to sacrifice the animals because the blood is what um, helped purify their sins, but it did not forgive their sins. Um, and then um, in Luke 5 and 21, it says, who can forgive sins but God alone? So this was Paul preaching in Acts. This is in the New Testament. So all in the Old Testament, their sins weren't forgiven. They were just rolled back. They kept getting rolled back, you know, year after year after year. When they presented their, sacri their blood sacrifices, their sins kept getting rolled back. But in the New Testament, we know that, you know, prophecy had to be fulfilled. Jesus had to be crucified on the cross so that he could be the ultimate blood sacrifice for us. And that is why today we don't have to sacrifice animals, thank goodness, because I would not be able to kill a single animal at all. Like, that would be horrible. Um, but we, you know, we don't have to do that because Jesus was the ultimate lamb sacrifice. You know, he was the one that shed the blood ultimately for us that forgives our sins. It, it, forgave the sins of everyone in the Old Testament and everyone in the New Testament, which is us, because we know that we are still living in the New Testament. Um, so the blood that was shed on the cross forgave our sins, and it still forgives our sins. It forgives our past sins, our current sins, our present sins. That blood that Jesus shed forgives all of our sins. And so that historical reference, I feel like once we understand, you know, the historical meaning behind that, the sacrifice that Jesus really made for us so that we don't have to go through all the things that they did in the Old Testament just to get their sins rolled back, not even forgiven, but just rolled back, you know? Um, God was able to robe himself in flesh and do that for us, you know? So to me, the cross is that love, that grace, that mercy, because even though I know you guys see me and y'all like, oh, she was, you know, raised in church, she's, you know, good, she probably, you know, just like, you know, gossiped or talked back to her parents or whatever, but even though I was raised in church, I still battled things, I still went through things, they may look differently than, you know, other people's battles, other people's struggles, but I still battled things, and for me, part that is my testimony, and I'm sorry guys, I might cry because I don't think I've ever publicly shared this um, before, um, but for me, the cross literally saved me. It literally saved my life because even though I was in church, 
even though I was still, you know, coming to church and being involved, I still battled internally. And one thing that I battled with for years and years and years and years was my identity. And I ended up developing an eating disorder. And I battled with that for, goodness, probably almost half of my life. And because of that, you know, it was so hard for me to be like, God, you know, how can you forgive me? How can you forgive me? Because I, I'm in church, I'm active, I do all these things, but yet I'm literally killing myself because of this. And it was something that was so, so, so hard for me. And that is when I actually had to delve into the actual forgiveness of the cross, what the cross really means, the fact that Jesus' blood that was shed, it forgives my sins just as much as anyone else's sins. Because there are no sins that are bigger, little, you know, all of it is the same to God, and He forgives all of it. He doesn't care where you came from. He doesn't care that you were raised in church and you should have known better. He doesn't care about that. He still loves us all the same, and He still forgives all of us. Because the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't have stipulations. It didn't come with, you know, certain criteria. You had to meet certain boxes. You had to check off for your sins to be forgiven. No, he just died for all of us. He died for the people that crucified him. He still died for all of our sins. And so that is what the cross means to me. The cross literally saved my life. Spiritually, I'm able to live eternally and make it to heaven, but I'm also able to be here on this earth presently talking to you guys today because without a cross and that blood of forgiveness that was shed for me, I wouldn't be here. I promise you guys, I would not be here today if it wasn't for that. So that's what the cross means to me. Amen, amen, amen. It is the blood of the Lamb that saves us. And it is the blood of the Lamb that delivered her. So I don't care who you are, where you've been, or what your past is, or whatever. Like Christy said, there's no big sins and little sins. And this one can't be forgiven. The Bible says the only thing that can't be forgiven is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. So I don't care where you came from. The blood is thick enough to cover it. Whatever that thing is that you battle, Jesus' blood is thick enough to cover that and to forgive you. So guess what? Now there is therefore no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Don't let the devil beat you up anymore. Because where the blood has been applied... Jesus sees no sin anymore because it's been covered. It is gone. So I encourage you today. Woo, I am fired up, Christy. Good. Woo. Yes, Lord. Because I know what God has done. I have seen what the Lord has done and the goodness of our Savior, what he has done. Because he covers us. Regardless of the hot mess we made, Jesus is like, see, my blood is thick enough. No matter what that sin is, no matter what that mess looks like, the Lord says, see, I died on that cross, and my blood will cover that, and he can deliver all things. Whew, so thankful, so thankful for the blood. Um, our, our kids that, that are raised in church, you know, I got in truth when I was 24, and so, you know, I had lived, I had lived crazy. Trust me. Crazy. 
until I was 24 years old, I came into truth and, and I've been in the church. But for those who were raised in church, their testimony looks different because the battle is different for them because they grew up knowing about the Holy Ghost. They grew up knowing about Jesus' name baptism. They grew up knowing what they should and shouldn't do. But then they still have these internal battles. And they still have the same battle that those of us who got to church when we were adults. They still have these same battles, whether they have the Holy Ghost or not. The enemy's still real. The world is still real. And the pool is still deep. So, I'm going to bring another one of our younger ones up that was raised in church but still has a testimony because God has done amazing, amazing things. All right, my girl. Come on, Christina. Healed 
and in a remission state. To God be glory. But the dysfunction continued. At age 16, I was attacked and molested by a family member. It changed me and put me in a very dark place. I blamed my parents for not being there to save me, and I blamed the church for not seeing the hurt. Although I said nothing, the little girl in me was crying out for help. At age 19, I lost uh, I lost my virginity to someone who promised me marriage. Marriage didn't come, and I felt like I gave myself away for nothing. I did whatever was needed to blur the pain and guilt. Alcohol and attention were my addiction. I would even go out to bars with my friends, and people would point out to me and say, you don't look like you belong here. Even a homeless man one night was begging for change. He said, hey you, you need to go home. I'm like, me? You're pointing at me? I'm cute. I'm, I'm out with my friends. He <laughs> said, you don't belong here. You need to go home. That same night, the club was shot up. It ended up closing for good. The things I would do in places I would go were the most dangerous, but in the midst of my craziness, God still covered me. At age 22, I met my daughter's biological father, and within six months of meeting him, I was pregnant with my first child. Even though I was raised in church, I was extremely green to the world and ended up leaving the church due to being greeted with disappointment and not love. At this time, I was spiraling out of control and often stopped in to feel God's presence because he would continue to tug on my heart. Everyone has experienced church hurt in different ways, but my heart Hurt turned me toward my kid's father even more because I thought that marrying this man would change how people looked at me, how people treated me. He was extremely abusive and tried to end my life many times. I even had a miscarriage right after having harmony due to constant abuse. I didn't know how to leave. I'm thankful for a mom who would call me constantly and invite me to church every chance he got. And one service in particular, I came and was refilled with the Spirit. It gave me the strength to leave. Not only leave, but to run. At this time, I was 26 and didn't know that I was already pregnant with my second child. I remember that night so clear. Sister C actually was praying with me. And she said, just because you had his kids does not mean that he's the man God wants you to be with. I left and never went back. He said, that, well, if, if, you don't, if, I, if you don't want me, I don't want none of y'all. And since then, he has not been a part of his kid's life. We don't know where he's at. Um, and that's okay, because I felt like me leaving was what, what God wanted. It was what was best. And I knew that God would keep it safe. In 2018, I met my best friend and best stepdad in the world. We got married in May of 2020, and we had our son in April 2021. These past five years have been challenging, to say the least, but in the end of 2021, I decided to get back to where God wanted me to be, where God was calling me to be. I wasn't going to quit because God never quit on me when I deserved it. Today, I'm giving God my all and carrying my family in prayer on my back with me. Jeremiah 33 and 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because 
of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So I'm saying keep going. No matter what other people say, your, your one true companion throughout life is God. And he will never abandon you. The blood has definitely been applied on my life, and the cross saved me for sure. If I'm able to touch one person, that's all that counts. My testimony isn't finished, but I'm beyond blessed to have two praying moms and a praying church family. If it's not good, it's not finished. Continue to pray my strength, oh Lord. babies and when you look at your babies and you see what they've gone through you see things differently and it's easier for us to have a lot more compassion for those that are coming behind them because we've seen where they've been and we've seen what God has done don't ever give up on somebody don't ever give up because God is greater than any situation, any circumstance, any mistake, any pain. Because when we hurt, we run to the things that we think are going to make us feel better. And the devil likes to trick us like that. So I just encourage the church today, make sure that we keep these in, in the forefront of our mind. And when we see somebody fall down, the Bible tells us those who are spiritual, those who are righteous, we're supposed to restore such a one. Instead of shun them and not love them and not be there for them and condemn them, we're supposed to restore them. Oh, they got me all just... Yes. All right. Last but definitely not least... She's been in church since she was 16. She is my dear friend. And um, just like the other ones, she's been here too, you know. And I've seen her go through things and I've watched the enemy just mess, you know, mess with her. And, um, but you know, when we go to church together, we become family. And that's just the way it is. You know, we may be like, you just got on my last nerve today. <laughs> but you still my sister, and we are family, and I will, like, go to the mat for you. Spiritually speaking. <laughs> See, all this is online. They're going to be like, oh, she said she's going to throw hands or something. No, she didn't say that. What she said was, I said spiritually. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it is because we are family. And we do watch each other fall down and get up. And we see the victory. And we see the sad places and the hard places. And we see each other when things are not great. And guess what? Living for God is not always great. It's better than anything you'll ever have out there. But the days are still hard sometimes. Because he never promised us it was always going to be perfect. And we will be tried in the fire and we will have all these things come against us. But his blood is still greater. His love is still the best thing out there. All right, my friend, my sister, 
Sister Jill.
got married. I have two beautiful children from that marriage. Um, it was a very, it was a very um, hard marriage. Um, and I left that I was very broken, very broken, and I was not mentally well. And um, I didn't do the drugs anymore because I knew that I didn't want my kids taken from me. And we all. I was 110 pounds, baby. I was addicted to pot, binge drinking, and ecstasy. And at that moment, if somebody would have come to me and said, here, smoke this, and it would have been crack meth, meth was really big, I would have done it. It would have been heroin. I would have done it. I was broken. But God knew. He knew what I needed. And in the middle of this divorce, in the middle of this hurt, I went to the doctor because I didn't know what was wrong with me. And they said, you're pregnant. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Say that again, you know. And it, it broke me. Because now I'm not only having to go through this, now I'm pregnant. And I was embarrassed. And at six months pregnant, my divorce went through. It was very hard. Um, but God knew if I was pregnant, I'd be pregnant. Right. And I'm so thankful because I had known this church. I ran the aisles. I shouted. Sister Drake knows. She's known me. I ran. I shouted. I was on the race team. This was before the Crutchfields came. I mean, I was, I was, God was my everything. Um, so after my divorce, I'm trying to say, I'm sorry, I know it's a lot. Um, I really became heavily dependent on alcohol. I was an alcoholic. I don't, I don't know how I made it. I really don't. I don't. I don't. Um, and I remember being in the club. It's funny because Christina's with us. I remember being in the club. I knew what I knew. And I remember these lights were going off, and all of a sudden I felt like God came up to me, and he was rubbing my back. He was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, God. No, no, no. And I would drink it out, do a shot. I would do whatever I could to drown that voice out. But God, but God knew what I needed. And he said, my husband. And I tried to get him to break up with me several times. <laughs> and I remember the day I was like, I know how to get him to break up with me. Because I knew what I knew. I'm going to ask this joker if he believes in God. Because if he says anything else, I'm out. Like, that's my way out of this. And I remember, I was mad too, because I wanted him to break up with me. And I said, um, I looked at him one day, I said, you believe in God? I'm just waiting for him to say no. So I'm like, okay, let's see. We can't do this. I'm out. Like, and he said, in his own way, and all know my husband, brother, and he just sat there and he shook his head. And he was like, I can't believe she asked you that. But he said, yes, I'm like, okay. But God. But God knew what I needed. And I'm so thankful for that man because we went to get our marriage license. He was happy and skipping it. 
And I'm like, we don't have to do this, right? We can just stay here. We don't have to write. No, we don't have to do this. We did it. And I'm so thankful because um, I was still drinking very heavily. Like, y'all, I was so bad. I was so bad that when I got done drinking, if I had any alcohol left, I ziplocked it in a bag and I put it in the refrigerator and that was for the next day. It was bad. It was bad. Um, I would hold conversations in the mirror and I feel like it was probably just the Holy Ghost in me because I would say, Joanna, tomorrow you don't have to drink. You don't have to drink. I mean, I would do this. I would, Steve would be in bed, I'd be up drunker than Peter Brown, trying to get my, I'm like, you don't have to drink in the morning. You do not have to do this. You can go to church, you can get Jesus. And I would talk to myself. But God. So, it was on um, New Year's Eve. You know how you make those resolutions? Well, we, we made this pact, Steve and I did, that we were going to quit smoking. I don't know why, but when you smoke, you drink. I don't know why. The more I drink, the more I smoke. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he decided he was going to quit. Now, I'm one of these people, you can't challenge me, because I will. You can't beat me, because I will rise to the occasion and show you that I can do it, too. So he quit, so I had to quit. So I quit smoking. I don't want to drink anymore. But God already had a plan and was working all of this out. He already had things set in motion from the time I was 16 when he sent Brother Wilson into the CVS drugstore to invite me to church. To the lady that I worked with whose husband came to the church that Brother Wilson invited me to. He had all of this planned out. He knew that I needed Steve in my life because Steve really was like my anchoring person. So, I, um, I get with some friends and they get me signed up for something called Mary Kay. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're going to these Mary Kay meetings, guess what they tell you you need to do? Go to church. If you want your business to be successful, you must go to church and have Jesus. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay. So I started coming to church. Um, I knew I couldn't sell certain items, but I knew I could sell some 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 moisturizer or something to somebody. But I knew I wanted, yes, I, I just knew I, I, but God knew. But God knew. He knew what I needed. Um, so he said, so I start coming to church, and I'm coming to church, and um, I remember I was, I was watching Free Willy, and I remember I had this, this, awful wine that I was drinking and I took a sip of it and I said, why are you doing this? Yeah, why am I doing this? And I remember dumping it out. And it was around about that time, 20 years ago, that a certain family came to church, the Crutchfields, and um, I was already coming, and I was coming, um, but God knew exactly what I needed. And I became pregnant with my twins. And he knew again, hey, if she's pregnant, she's clean. But I already know that she's going to be okay. And I'm so thankful for the cross and for his mercy and his grace. Because when I tell you, 
he had to reach his hand down for me. Like he really, really had to reach his hand out for me. Because if it wasn't for him for that blood, I know for a fact I would be dead. And I'm so thankful for it. And my my scripture, I got way off. I am so sorry. Um, my scripture was in Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And I was crushed. There was a whole lot more in there and in between, but I am so thankful that he, he picked me up. And I'm so thankful for his mercy, his grace, and all that he has done. And I just want to end with this. One of the things that um, happened to me just recently, and y'all are going to laugh, but I've never had this experience, so if you have, just So I was sitting there, I was holding miles, and um, I was trying to edit, and I, and I drank my sodi, and I drank it a little bit too hard, and it got stuck in my chest. And y'all, I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I, and it was at that moment God reminded me, well, you're, you're not, I'm not done with you. I, I've got so much more for God. I'm supposed to be serving God. I'm supposed to be doing so much more than what I'm doing. And I'm so thankful that I, I drank my sodium a little bit too hard, but I was having a heart attack because it was because of that moment that he reminded me. You know, it's not about me. It's about serving him. So thank you, Jesus. So I want to wrap this up by saying, no matter where you find yourself today, I'm pretty sure somebody hit it. Because we all have something. Whether you're broken from a divorce, or whether you're broken from dysfunction, or whether you're broken from sexual abuse, or whether you're broken from alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, no matter what you find yourself broken from, the one thing that we all know, and they all share that, but God. Without him, we wouldn't have the testimonies we have. If you guys can stand. I'm so thankful for their candid ability to share with us. Because God knows right where we are and he knows right where to find us. And some of us may look okay on the outside. But on the inside, we know. Maybe there's something still broken. Maybe there's still a battle that we're not... Nobody in this room may not know about it. Nobody in this room may know how broken you are, how brokenhearted you are. Nobody in this room may know the battle you're facing. Nobody in this room may know the bottle that you pick up. Nobody in this room may know that Jesus does. And he brought us here together today to be able to minister to each other and say it's through his blood you'll get through it. It's through his blood that you're going to have the victory. It's through his power that he's going to get you through it. I have news for you. 
These ladies are very special, but they're no better than you are. They're the exact same. They just shared their testimony. We're going to pray. And I want God to touch you right where you are. Because I see pain. I feel pain in the room. I feel that hurt. I feel that emptiness and that loneliness and those places in your spirit that only Jesus can touch them. Nobody else can touch them, but Jesus can. Lord, in your name, Jesus. God, I plead the blood right now, oh God. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll meet us right where we are. God, I pray, Lord, over the pain. God, I see pain in the lives of some people. God, and I pray, Lord, whether it's pain, God, of rejection or pain from our past or pain from things that have happened and been done to us or pain from being left or pain from being lost. God, I pray that you move right now in those situations. God, I pray, Lord, that you will touch, oh God, minister, God. Use us, Lord, in a mighty way. God, I pray that you'll do a work. God, I pray, oh Lord, that your spirit, God, will be in this place, oh God, and that we will minister in a mighty way. God, I pray, Lord, that you do a mighty abundant work, oh God. Lord, let us open our hearts and our minds and our spirits, oh God. Lord, so that we can be touched and healed, God. I pray, Lord, that you do that mighty work, oh God.
Thank you. 